Welcome to Accented the Podcast, where the audience gets to hear a real conversation from real people who use real English. It might sound ordinary, but the stories the guest shares are extraordinary. Each episode features an interview with someone who has a distinct English accent, which will help with your English comprehension in the real world. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Anna, who is originally from Russia, and she currently lives in Copenhagen, Denmark. Hello, welcome back to Accented. I hope you had a lovely two weeks since the last episode aired. So on today's episode, I am speaking with Anna. She has a Russian accent and she also has a very cool podcast for intermediate Russian learners. Now, intermediate, what does that mean? Intermediate is what my program is for too. This is not a program for people who are beginning to speak in English. It is for intermediate English learners. An intermediate learner is not someone who is a beginner, but they are not completely proficient in the language. There are still some things that they could learn. So that is what my podcast is for. And the same with Anna's Russian learning podcast. Anna uses some typical English phrases during the interview. And what I noticed was she said that her podcast uh, gives some tips and tricks about the Russian language. Now, when we say I've got some tips and tricks, a tip is some advice. So as a teacher, you want to give your students some advice on a particular topic. A trick would be a way to remember something. So maybe if you remember that all words end in E, that means that it's feminine. That's what I'm just saying as some sort of example. It's sort of a trick to help you remember those things. A trick though, if I were to say, oh, could you do a magic trick, which is something completely different, that would be the typical magic trick would be having a hat and pulling a rabbit out of an empty hat. That is a magic trick. So in a different context, those words are different. So tips and tricks, it's advice and it's different ways to remember something uh, depending on whatever topic it is you're getting tips and tricks for. Another great phrase was someone in the same shoes. When you're in the same shoes as someone else, that means that you have similarities or you have a situation that is the same as them. So there's even a phrase to say, put yourself in someone else's shoes. If I'm going to put myself in someone else's shoes, I'm going to think about how their situation is different to mine. So it's all about thinking of that other person by putting yourself in their shoes. But if we're in the same shoes, that means that it's the same for us. Another similar phrase is we're all in the same boat. So with COVID-19, I could say that, you know what, the whole world, we're all in the same boat. We're all experiencing difficulties because of COVID-19. So we're all in the same boat. Anna has just come up with some great phrases that we use in English. And another one was so to speak. So 
I would say my son is glued to the TV screen, so to speak. So you can see my son is not really glued to the TV screen. It's metaphoric. So usually, so to speak, is something we would use in a casual conversation and we would use it to describe something that's metaphoric. The term work-life balance was used during the interview. If you have a good work-life balance, it means that you are not working all of the time. You're actually doing a good job. However, you still have a personal life. Somebody who works all the time, they get home and they're back on the laptop doing more work, it means that they don't have a good work-life balance. They're not spending time with their family or their friends and they're just constantly working. So some people might say, I have a good work-life balance or I don't have a good work-life balance. So if they don't have a good work-life balance, we can assume that they're just working nonstop and they're not spending that much time with family or friends. It's now time to get on with the interview. On today's episode, I am speaking with Anna and she is the podcast host for Next Level Russian. Welcome, Anna. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I was just telling you before that I have listened to your podcast, but I don't really know what you're saying because I don't speak Russian. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the idea behind my podcast that, you know, learners who are intermediate level, they need to expose themselves to as much of language as possible, you know, and that's why I'm trying to provide my content in Russian only so that they they only have like this Russian exposure. No, it's a great idea. And that's something that I guess Accented is about too. You can't listen to this and learn English. It's more for intermediate learners. So uh-huh. it's great. Uh-huh. I, I love listening to the Russian language, but unfortunately I don't really understand. So <laughs> tell us what's your on your show. What do you talk about? Oh, just various topics in Russian that I find interesting and two of the most popular episodes, they are about learning languages, which like doesn't surprise me really <laughs> if you think about it, because people are listening to language learning podcasts. They want to learn languages and they want to uh, improve uh, their languages. They want to learn new techniques. That's why, yeah, the two of the most popular episodes are about tips and tricks on how to learn the language or acquire a language uh, better. And um, just, you know, various topics about Russian culture, Russian traditions, Russian literature, and stuff like that. Well, I would love to learn about Russian culture, which mm-hmm. I guess is something that you can explain to us here. So tell us where you're living in Russia. Well, actually, now I live in Denmark, and I moved, you know, around the world quite a bit. Uh, I grew up in the Urals, you know, the Ural Mountains. It's a part of Russia between Europe and Asia. Then when I was 17, I moved to Moscow to study at the university. And after I graduated, I moved to the United States to continue my studies there. Uh, I moved to Chicago and then um, I I found a job there and now I'm in Denmark. (laughs) 
Do you speak Danish? No, but I'm learning to. So I'm in the same shoes as other learners because I'm trying to learn Danish and it's so complicated, especially the pronunciation. So I'm really struggling, but I'm trying. So have you found a lot of Russian speakers in Denmark? Well, I don't know how it works, but somehow my husband and I, we always find Russians anywhere we go and anywhere we live. So our friends here are Russians and actually some colleagues of my husband's uh, are Russian. So yeah, that has not been a problem. What took you to Denmark? Oh, actually my husband's job. <laughs> so he found a job here and that's why we moved here. Yeah, I've always wanted to work in Denmark as an English teacher, mm-hmm. but they speak English so well. I don't yeah. think they need someone like me to teach them English. Well, I mean, I, I've read about it. Like they still need um, English teachers for some specific things like business English maybe or something like that. But yeah, generally they all speak very good English. And that actually can be a problem for a Danish learner like myself, because, you know, you're not getting any exposure. I mean, if you're trying to speak to them, they will see you struggling and they will respond in English to make it easier for you and for them. So that's kind of unfortunate. But yeah, they speak pretty good English here. Yeah. I know that when I um, last visited Copenhagen, um, my husband and I, we did not need to learn anything in Danish. I think I learned how to say thank you, which is tuck. Is that right? Yes, yes. So I I always like to learn thank you in a different language because at least uh, I'm being a little respectful, but they Mm -hmm. were so kind and my husband couldn't believe it. We walked into like a 7-Eleven sort of store, like a convenience Uh store, and we asked for directions and there were a couple of people behind us and the man behind the counter drew a map for us and clearly explained where to go. Uh-huh. And at the time my husband and I were living in Paris and he said to me, he was like, that's incredible. That would not happen you know, in Paris. People would be upset that I know, <laughs> this guy yes. has taken his all this time and is even drawing it for us. It was the hospitality. I was so impressed with how uh-huh kind and generous people are there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. So where after Denmark do you think? Or is oh. this this could be your home for a, a long time? I don't know, actually. I don't even, you know, try to, I, I don't think about it. We'll see. You never know, right? Because like some sometimes the opportunity may arise in the future and you'll, you know, make a change and you'll move somewhere else. But I'm happy that I'm here in Europe now. It's closer to home. I've always wanted to experience European um, style of living, so to speak, because it's totally, I mean, not totally, but definitely different. It's definitely different from America. When you say a European type of living, do you consider Russia as a European type of living? Oh, I think Russia is something else, right? It's uh, different from Europe, Western Europe, at least, and uh, the United States. But, you know, I was comparing Europe and the United States. Uh, for example, hmm, like like people are more relaxed here in, in Denmark, right? So, for example, it's 4 p.m. and everyone is leaving home, right? They're done with their jobs. They're picking up kids um, at the school, 
Uh, but in America, it's more about, you know, achieve uh, and work hard and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so it, you can see differences even like not even in the work style, in the work-life balance, but in other things too. No, it's it's interesting um, because when I stayed with a friend who's Danish for about mm-hmm. a week, Uh And she took me around the country, which is pretty easy to do in a week because it's so small. Uh (laughs) But I even felt, I I thought, wow, Australians and Danish people are very similar in the sense that you were saying how relaxed we are. I felt Uh we speak a different language, yet I found some similarities with Australians. Uh Exactly, yeah, that's really interesting. Maybe I just love the Danish and their country so much. I can't stand the cold though, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's getting better, you know, like spring is just around the corner. Uh, flowers are starting to bloom and it's getting better and prettier. Days are getting longer. So I'm really looking forward to that. I would love to learn Russian. What is easier, English or Russian? Well, I think it is considered that English is easier generally um, because like a lot of uh, languages, they use uh, Latin uh, for the alphabet, right? And for Russian, you would have to learn Cyrillic. Um, That's, you know, already, it's already making it harder, right? Because you need to learn another alphabet. And then again, we have, you know, general, uh, different, you know, cases, you know, of words, different endings, you know, depending on, you know, uh, of the pronoun and stuff like that. You know, like in, uh, for example, in French and in Spanish, um, endings of the word, they change depending on, you know, of the of the situation of who you're talking to. So I would say, yeah, Russian is a little more complicated than English. Mm, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard it's <laughs> complicated. And even though you're a native speaker, you uh-huh. think it's complicated. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I've heard, <laughs> too. But even in Russia, you know, we learn Russian in schools from the elementary school to pretty much the high school. And, like, in elementary school, we learn um, how to, like, the spelling pretty much, right? How to write the words correctly. And then in high school, it's more about... Um, punctuation, I guess, because it can also get really hard uh, with all the commas and semicolons and stuff like that. For example, like if you read Tolstoy, right, um, in War and Peace, for example, you can find like a page where like there is just one sentence on that page, you know, because it can get so big with the, the sentence can get so complicated and, you know, you just need to know the punctu- punctuation. Right. Wow. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. So going back to what we mentioned before, where I was asking the difference between Russia and Europe, mm-hmm. because this is obviously when I was growing up in Australia, I would just go, oh, yeah, Russia's part of Europe. And I know that there's another part of Russia that's part of Asia. Mm-hmm. But when I moved to Europe, mm-hmm. I had people say to me, no, Russia's quite different Uh and I was like oh like I know all the countries are different Uh in Europe but I as an Australian growing up you would look at the map and you would just go yeah Russia's yeah European 
Mm-hmm. What what are the differences that you find between, you know, your hometown and living in Denmark? Oh, it's so different. I mean, my hometown is a very small town, you know, so you can't really compare it. I've, here I've only been to Copenhagen, so it wouldn't be a fair comparison. But I think the major difference comes from Russia having its um, communist history, you know, like because it's been a Soviet Union, right, uh, for almost 80 years, I believe. Uh, so that definitely uh, influenced Russia. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like coming from, how to say it, you know, like people were living in one country and then all of a sudden it became uh, another country, right, from Soviet mm-hmm. Union to Russia. So that influenced people a lot. And you can still see the influence of former Soviet Union. Like there is still a lot of, statues of Lenin in Russia in many in many cities and there are still streets named after Lenin uh, which you would think like well even even like the Red Square so yeah I mean there is still some heritage of Soviet Union in Russia even though Russia is kind of you know it's a modern country right and it's uh, it's trying to become more European, I would say. And even the Asian part of Russia, it's not as different from European part of Russia, in a sense. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know. Maybe it's hard to explain. You just need to visit and you'll see it yourself. I would love to. My brother-in-law was very lucky. He went to Russia uh-huh. to for the World Cup. He went oh, um, yeah. for a couple of days and saw a match. Um, I... Uh, some Chinese students that I teach have also told me that they live in the northern part of China and uh-huh. some of them even um, have visited Russia and, uh-huh. you know, speak a bit of Russian. And, I, and it's fascinating to me um, Russia being the largest country. Oh, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, world, I know. How, yeah, it spans over two continents and it's. Um, I, I would love to come and visit. And uh-huh. as I said, I've got some friends who are Russian and just – listening to their stories, seeing the beautiful pictures of the places in Moscow. It's uh-huh. just, um, yeah, I was even, it, it must be fascinating for the people I've always thought who live in Finland who could just go over the border and they're in Russia. <laughs> well, they need a visa too. <laughs> I think they would. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's uh, any easier for, uh, for uh, Finnish people, but yeah. You know, like you can't just hop on the train and, you know, be in Russia if you don't have proper documents, unfortunately. But yeah, if you if you ever go, make sure to go to St. Petersburg. It's beautiful. And go in summer if you want to experience nice weather, you know. So it's it's totally worth it. And now I got in trouble once. Um I was in a French class. I, mm-hmm. I was in Paris learning French. And there was a Russian girl in the class. And so we were speaking all in French. So mm-hmm. I was trying my best and <laughs> they were saying to say something um, that we know about that country. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, it's cold. <laughs> and the Russian girl got upset. And they said, did you know, because it was summertime in France, and uh-huh. they said, did you know it's 40 degrees? And I think it was in St. Petersburg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 
I was like, what? I was like, yeah, but when, and, I, and, and she was really upset. <laughs> I was like, oh, but if you're asking me what the mm-hmm. first thing that comes to mind about Russia, I'm thinking cold. <laughs> of course. I mean, I don't blame you. <laughs> I think it's fair. <laughs> I know, but it was funny. I thought this is in French. And mm-hmm. My French was pretty bad then. And I'm like, I'm trying my hardest to, well, I know the word cold in French, so I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's fine. Yeah, and St. Petersburg is the most northern city that has a population more than one million people, I think. Um, So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, for some, you know, some geographical uh, detail here. The latitude of that city is 60 degrees north. So, and we have, you know, in the summer, in the middle of summer, it doesn't, um, doesn't get dark, you know, at night. And that's really, I love it. Uh, I love the long days and short nights. So I really love it. Well, thank you so much, Anna. And you have a lovely day. It's the evening for me. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, enjoy your day. Thanks, Kimberly. Uh, Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.